Hey yo, it's the Chico and Debbie in the building. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Business Key Podcast with your hosts Ochiko and Debbie. So on today's podcast we have some tips for you for some financial success. Over to you Ochiko. So today we've got a list from Forbes, 10 Habits of Self-Made Millionaires. So let's go through it. And um, why do you think this list could be important for our listeners? Yeah, it could be important because yeah, you know, habits, habits and disciplines is important for, you know, bringing out the result that we want. That's, that's the key, the key step that needs to be made. So yeah, so once you can put these habits in place, then we can increase our likelihood of of making it as a success. Yeah, I agree. And I think we want the audience, you guys to have yeah as much value as possible. So hopefully you guys take something from this list. Hopefully we take something from the list as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah let's, pen, let's, pen go. <laughs> let's go through it. Okay. So number 10 is pass on values to the next generation. Many millionaires are committed to teaching their children financial responsibility and instill in the values of hard work and frugality. Interesting. I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be your children. If you don't have children already, it could be children in your family or it could just be younger people in general. So I guess it's when you learn something, passing that on, which is actually a good way to know that you've actually learned something. Are you able to teach it to someone else? That's what I take from it. What about you? Uh, for me, I think this is very key. I think I've heard, uh, you know, as we know in, in schools, they don't really teach on financial literacy or financial yeah, you know, very true. at all. So I think as we know, it's, it's absolutely our responsibility to be, uh, as much as we can anyway to teach that to the next generation to give them a, a leg up so yeah. that they can yeah they can start off on a on a better note mm. so i guess it's kind of like emphasizing that need for us to take the responsibility so right. never mind oh why doesn't schools teach it why don't we teach it so you know as we now know and we've read books and so on or as much as we do know we can we can pass that on to to help them out so yeah, yeah. number nine is fin- oh funny enough financial literacy Millionaires tend to be financially literate and, and are knowledgeable about investments, taxes, and personal finance. I, I have actually heard that millionaires are the best at tax because um, they have to understand where their money's going. So they tend to know a lot of the tax rules. I That's have heard that. Whereas a lot of people, I mean, if you're not earning, uh, if you're not earning money outside of, let's say, a nine to five, you don't tend to think about tax too much because in the UK, you're, you're taxed automatically through the payroll yeah. so you don't really have to think about what the tax rules are as if you have a business for example or a contractor or a freelancer you have to understand what taxes you're you're going to pay because you most likely have to file your own taxes in the uk yeah so and it's quite interesting because i think if you want to be successful or wealthy or a millionaire or all three i guess it would make sense to understand the field i mean if you want to be a basketball player you need to practice, right? You need to understand the game. That's real. Yeah. So if you're, so if you want like to, a, like a, you know, LeBron James, mm. for example. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for example, if you think of, you know, top athletes such as like LeBron James. I've heard a lot of commentators and fellow basketball players say that he understands the game of basketball so thoroughly well. Like he can read defenses he can read offenses. He understands how to play the game, like top to bottom. Mm. And that has helped him to be one of the best. And it's the same thing. You can't just sort of expect that, you know, money just sort of grows on trees. You have to sort of understand 
the financial landscape, I would say, and take time to dedicate to, to understanding it and to learning it. Mm. Like you said, especially as we don't learn it in school. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, that's always fascinating to hear when I hear about some of the, it's usually the best, the very, very best pros. They do tend to be the ones that, you know, really, you know, go the extra mile to, to study film, to make sure that they're prepared for the game. So likewise, you know, when it comes to finances, um, that's a good idea to do as well, isn't it? To yeah. do as much as we can. So what, what kind of like, um, have you, have you got any examples of stuff that you've done to kind of increase your financial literacy? Any, any you know? So I quite like listening to podcasts. I've read a few books and then even shows such as Dragon's Den has been helpful. Although that's more sort of understanding about how businesses work. I think it's still been helpful to sort of understand some of the things you need to think about with regards to the finances of business. How about yourself? Um, so yeah, so with me, I've um, read some books. So for example, you know, the one everyone talks about, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, was um, yeah super useful for understanding you know sort of how the uh, rich and and the poor sort of their the different mentalities that that they that they can have yeah so rich dad poor dad I think is richest man in Babylon as well um, yeah there's loads of other ones as well I, I can't remember them all off the top of my head but loads of other ones as well and then also yeah like you said like podcasts as well so there's like um, oh there's also even people like um, you know, the, who's the money saving expert guy? Martin he, Lewis. Martin Lewis, yeah. He always has really, really good tips. He comes on TV all the time and he always has really, really good tips on, you know, how we can, you know, save money better and how we can use money better and, you know, use maybe get the best out of your accounts and stuff like that. So he's also a very good person to listen to as well if you want to get some good ideas or get some tips on what you can do to, um, yeah, use your money better. So, yeah. Let's move on to the next one. So the next one, number eight, is networking and relationships so building a network of supportive relationships and mentors can be crucial for career success and wealth building okay that sounds like a good idea but if someone hasn't started this already what would you advise them to do in okay. order to build you know obtain mentors and to expand their network for career success and well-being okay so this is just okay so career success and wealth building so in terms of career success um i guess that could be finding uh, finding people that are like in your that's kind of ahead of you that are doing maybe what you want to do um so if that's like in the workplace that could be you know perhaps like a senior manager perhaps like a um uh someone that's been that, that's like done really well um you could ask them to be a mentor so i did do that whilst i was in one of my previous roles i did i did do that with one of the um one of the leaders and uh yeah i asked them to be my mentor just sent them an email asking them to be my mentor and and uh yeah we we talked about it and we you know met up like weekly or monthly you can do it in you know, the frequency as to your yeah can be suited to your tasting but yeah we you know i found that really really useful at the time and it really really helped me because they can give you such they've got such a wealth of knowledge and advice uh, that can be able to you know you can be able to learn some small tips that that they've been learning over a long period of time and that can really help you to you know to level up i think you had a mentor as well didn't you in one of your roles no yeah yeah i found it really useful yeah so it sounds like you're saying if you can find someone in your industry or just find someone that you admire then that could be helpful in terms of a mentor and i think temi spoke about this didn't she when we interviewed her in our previous podcast episode um she spoke about the importance of having a network in her endeavors as a business owner 
and how much yeah, her, and how much her mentors have helped her and her network has helped her so if you haven't listened to that podcast episode make sure you check that out yeah that's correct um so number seven is avoiding financial drains so millionaires tend to be cautious about financial drains such as expensive divorces supporting <laughs> a, <laughs> supporting adult children and overspending on housing so avoiding financial drains so i think maybe another way to put that would be kind of well, I don't know. Some of these examples are quite wild. Um, they said, well, they said overspending on housing. So maybe watching, so maybe that one could be rephrased as, you know, watching, watching how you spend or having a, right. yeah, watching how you spend. Any, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Just not overspending on things unnecessarily. Yeah. The house one's an interesting one as well, because I think, especially in these times that we've had, we've, we've seen like the interest rate is really skyrocketing. And we've maybe seen some, you know, some, unfortunately, there's been some cases where some people, maybe they've, when they were buying their house, they really stretched to buy it. So it probably was something that they couldn't really afford right? Um, or could just about afford. So they were actually literally stretching just to pay for it. And then the interest rates have skyrocketed and now they're really struggling. Right. They were already stretching before. Now they're really struggling. So yeah. unfortunately, this is yeah some of the pitfalls that can happen to some people. So it's um they do usually advise to take that into account when you're getting a mortgage actually if it can you know if the interest rates was to rise would you be able to still afford it so right yeah it's definitely something to think about there number six education and hard work education hard work and dedication to a career are key factors in accumulating wealth over time what do you think do you agree with that or? yeah i guess yeah yeah definitely would agree i think education doesn't have to be formal education so right. i think it's the idea of constantly learning yeah. trying to learn um dedication yep you've got to be dedicated so that you know really committed to whatever it, your endeavors are and what was it what was the third one and hard work yes and hard work yeah you got you got to work hard so yeah no i definitely i definitely agree with those three yeah yeah, yeah that one makes sense i think a lot of people definitely talk about you know that constant so it's not no, not necessarily you know masters courses and and so on in the field although that can be useful but more so towards like maybe, you know, maybe it might be somebody that has like a, you know, that's a that's a plumber, for example. So maybe it might be, okay, how can we increase, how can we improve our marketing skills? Right. You know, or how can we improve our negotiation skills? Mm. How can we improve our skills as a leader? Maybe we might have some, you know, workers. So these kind of soft skills that we don't really think about too much, you know, that can make the difference between somebody earning, you know, maybe... You know, ten times as much. Yeah. As 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 another person who doesn't really have that can't really speak very well on the phone and doesn't really market their business very well. Maybe they're not marketed at all. They don't have right. no social media. In fact, I've seen this play out in somewhere in Camden Market. There's this market in Camden and they've got lots of like food stores and stuff. It's really, really nice. If you've not been there before, come just check it out. Have you been there before? Camden Market? Okay. No. They've got lots of like street food. So they've got like food from like different nations, Italian korean all sorts all sorts is there anyway there's this particular store and the queue is i think they do like some kind of like cheesy chips or something i think it's called funky chips and the queue goes round the corner and literally I've, I've been two or three times and every time the queue has been people i mean people say on social media they've been queuing for like two hours to get to the place wow. i mean bearing in mind most of the places you won't be queuing more than more than five minutes. Right. Most of the places you can just you know, it's quick in and out. You know, you can get your stuff 
their queue is like two hours. Right. And a big reason for that is because their food has gone viral on, on TikTok and social media and so on. Mm-hmm. So their marketing game is on another, you know, has been on another level. So they've, you know, attracted that buzz. So people are willing to wait literally two hours plus, you know, to try out this cheesy, you know, these cheesy chips. Right. Which has really blown their mind on, on social media. So you, you can see the difference. Whereas the others are just, you know, or most of them are just there. You know? mm. They don't know what's going on. They don't right. know that they've, they're losing the battle online. Right. They think they're losing the battle on, you know, maybe Funky Chips has decorated their shops more or something. They haven't. You know, like sometimes you see the, the difference in the queue. You see this one long line going, mm. like I said, around the corner. And then beside it, the waiter, you know, the person's just standing there. No one's there. It's right. just, you know, incredible. So that's like, you know, small, great example of how you can see, you know, marketing game completely different and you can see the results completely different. Right. So yeah, just learning that bit of marketing can really make the difference. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, so the fifth one is entrepreneurial spirit. Many millionaires are business owners or self-employed individuals who have taken control of their financial destiny through entrepreneurship. So I don't know. I don't know how, if you're happy with that term, or maybe we can call it. So they've taken control of their financial destiny. So what we can call that is taking full responsibility for, for your business. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good, yeah, that's, that sounds like a good way to phrase it. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really key as well because when you're at work, you know, I suppose if you're like a manager or a director and so on, usually they'll be tasked with the responsibility, you know, ultimately the responsibility for like w- what's happening. But, you know, with the, with the business, it's important that to know that, you know, obviously to realize that, yeah, you, you'll be the person that's the, that takes ultimate responsibility. So it's important to, or if you're, you know, I suppose you can even like an, even in a career, you can, you can still have, you can still take personal responsibility for your work to make sure it's, you know, high quality and so on before it gets to the manager. So I think wherever you are, it's always important to have that. And, you know, it can, you know, usually produces more quality work. Yeah. Yeah. But I would, I would say more generally, just in terms of understanding what your goals are and then being responsible for trying to achieve it. So for example, if you wanted to, if you're working and you want to earn a particular salary, what can you do to increase your salary? And that speaks to what you said about taking responsibility for your work. Um, looking online, there's some tips in terms of how to negotiate your pay, etc. But if you're finding that you're not getting what you're, what you're wanting to, you can move to a different job. You know, you can take control in that regard. So not letting things happen to you, but you know, trying different things to try to see if you can make things better, make a better situation for yourself and working for yourself or building a career. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur, not just sort of saying, for example, using this example that you mentioned of the Camden market, not just saying, oh, well, we hope customers will come, but saying, no, what else can we do to obtain customers? Okay. We can try and improve marketing. Can we try to increase our profits? What can we do? Okay. We can try to reduce our costs. So just taking full ownership. So just having that entrepreneurial mindset where you're just saying, I'm not letting this happen to me. I'm going to try to be a part of making things better. And it doesn't mean that you have to do everything yourself, but it just means that, because, you know, if someone else is better at marketing, you can work with that person to help you. If someone else is better at managing finances, you can work with an accountant, but it's just taking ownership. Like you said, having that responsibility that you're not just going to let things happen, but you're actually going to try to make things happen yourself. I love that. That's like speaks to our mindset, isn't it? That, you know, you're going to make it happen. You're going to, yeah. you're not just going to, you know, be a, have a victim mindset to say, right. oh, this is happening. It is what it is. Life, you know, that's, that's life. You know, these nonsense sayings. That's life. No, it's not life. 
make it happen. Life is what you make it. So right. make it happen. So yeah, I, I like that. That's that, that's def- that's definitely resonating there. Number four, live below their means. Millionaires often spend less than they earn, leaving room for savings and investment. They avoid the trap of overextending themselves financially. That sounds like a good idea. It's always wise to have enough left over at the end of the month. Yeah, it's definitely a good idea. Yeah, I think I think it's a good idea, but I think that one is probably a bit um maybe that one depends like how much you're actually making. So if you're making lots of money, maybe it's easier to spend below well, it can be. It can be easier. I suppose you've got more disposable income yeah. to spend. So you can still ball out and still save money. Whereas if you've oh, you want to say something? No, you're right. No, you are right. But yeah. I think the whole idea is that, you know, if you can do a lot with a little, you can do a lot with a lot as well. It's all this, or the phrase, look after, a, if you look after a penny, the pounds will take care of themselves. Mm. Those sorts of sayings, I think it just speaks to, you know, even if you're not earning as much as a millionaire, as much as possible. I know what you're saying in terms of, you know, if the bills are quite high, etc. but are there things you can cut out? Mm. So it's just, it's just the whole idea of, of course, if you absolutely can't, then you can't. If you can find ways to live below your means, if you can, so that you're saving a bit each month. Mm. I think there was a report that came out recently that said that many people in the UK don't have a thousand pounds in their savings account. Mm. I think they said many people don't even have a hundred pounds. Many people have zero savings at all, Mm. which is an example of those people probably, you know, either they're not able to live beneath their means or they are overspending. Mm. So if you can find a way to keep track of what are your absolute must expenses what are your nice to haves what are your don't need at all if you can kind of try to separate things like that there may possibly be ways that you can sort of live below your means and i think it's a good habit to have because um i was listening to to something which was talking about how some people let's say you're earning a thousand pounds a month and they're spending 500 pounds if they start earning 1500 pounds a month they now start spending a thousand pounds and it's that whole thing where, you know, maybe that's not the best example because 500 pounds is not a lot of money. But if you no, see, no, but if, if you see, if you scale it saying, up yeah. to, you know, things that make more sense, if you see what I'm trying to say, it's yeah, that that's what you're trying to say, you yeah. make more, you spend more. Spend more, yeah. But do you need to? If you were okay spending that 500, I mean, if you were struggling, of course, then raise it up. But if you were okay spending what you were spending before, you know, it, it can be very tempting to then just spend, well, I've got extra money. Yeah. So then even though you're making more money, you're not actually getting the benefits in terms of the saving or being able to invest. And it's that savings and and investing, investing in particular, which can really help you to grow your money Mm. and help you to become a millionaire. So if you're just spending it all, there's not going to be as much money left over. Mm. So in that example I gave, it's a rubbish example because the money is too low, but when a person was earning 1,000, they had- You could say like 1,000, 4,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's the same amount of money they have left over both times. Mm. You know, if, if we- you know so that in that kind of example if, if you're learning to live below your means it can help you so even when you're earning way more mm. you have so much more left over mm. you know that you can put some away put some into savings put some into investing put some into a holiday you can then treat yourself but you know that you're still saving a lot of money mm. that's just my thoughts anyway yeah no it makes sense it makes sense um yeah it makes sense also there's something that that i've thought about before is this kind of thing of even if you're a billionaire, let's say you're a billionaire now, you have one billion in the in the account, but you're spending you 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 spend one point five billion 
Right. You're broke. That means that person's <laughs> going to be broke. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So wow. no matter how much money you have. Yeah, that's such a good concept. You know what I mean? It blows your mind a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So no matter how much, how much money you have, yeah. if that spending is unrestricted, like is, is, is yeah. you know, is... um. You, you can still be broke. Yeah. The person can still be broke. And we've seen it happen, you know, with rich people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was actually just going to say, well, yeah, that's actually a great example because mm. you, you're saying you've seen it happen with rich people. Yeah. It happens with a lot of um, athletes. Exactly. Yeah. Where, you know, maybe from the age of 18 mm. or 20 to 30, 35, mm. they're earning so much money. Yeah. So hundreds of millions of yeah. pounds. Yeah. And before then, they were probably in their parents' home. So mm. for their whole life earning, they've just been earning an exorbitant amount of money. So they never, some of them never learned to live within their means right, or below maybe, their means. Sorry, because they'll get it back next week. They'll get it back next yeah, week. They can go splash out 15,000 on clothes, yeah. bags, champagne. doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Next week, yeah, another 50,000 is in the account. Yeah. So they start, sp- so, you know, that's a great example because yes, they're making so much money, but they're spending so much money. Mm. So, what happens with a lot of them is within a few years, two years, sometimes three years of them leaving their sport, retiring, mm. they're broke. Mm. They're filing for bankruptcy. And it just seems crazy. Like you, your contract was worth 40 million. Mm. How is that how, possible? <laughs> how are you bankrupt? Yeah. But yeah, they, they never learned to control their spending. Mm. Um, so the other example I wanted to give was people that win the lottery. Ah, uh, yeah. So, th- so they've never, so, you know, they're just living, you know, averagely and then they suddenly get a huge amount of money mm. and they almost have this perception of, oh yeah, we're rich now, it's endless. <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people that win the lottery within a few years are, end up broke, bankrupt, back, or back to square one, mm. which is, you know, if you think about it, they may be, they may have received an amount of money that they possibly would have never earned in their lifetime. No. So you would think that, no, they must be good for life. But unfortunately, if you don't have yeah good financial management, like the tips we've gone through so far, mm. some of them unfortunately end up yeah losing the money. Mm. I've got like an article here. It is from Fox Business. And it says that 78% of professional athletes go broke after three wow. years of retirement. 78 when Which was this list created? This was in 2022. So last. Oh, wow. So, well, I was going to say last year, I guess two years ago. Wow. Yeah, so it's very recent this. I, I would have thought, because longer. I remember hearing a lot of those stories when I was growing up. Yeah. So I would have thought that things would have I, changed by I now. I think it was as high as that. That sounds. So was it 78%? So that's what they, that's what wow, they said. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. 78%, yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's you know, real, real talk what we're saying here. Well, what this, uh, this this tip here is real talk. This is a big. This is a big one. It's a big one. This is the one that can make the difference. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much. Effectively, what we're saying, it doesn't matter how much you're making. Yeah, try if to live below your means. Out of control, yeah, yeah, it, it it can be over in an instant. It, it doesn't yeah. mean it cut. You can't spend, but yeah, if it's unrestricted, if it's yeah, way more than you know what the person is earning, poor. It's uh, not a good, not a good equation. Right. The third one is invest wisely. So billionaires typically prioritize long-term investing over short-term spending. They focus on building wealth through investment in stocks, bonds, and real estate. Yes, that's a very interesting one because I think it sort of links into what we've just spoken about. Mm. The tendency to just buy, isn't it? Mm. I've got the money now. I'll just buy it. I'll just buy that. Mm. And it might make you feel good in the short term. But, you know, if you actually spend in long, you say longer-term assets, mm. it can set you up for life and it can set your children up. So... It's very interesting. I think it's definitely it's definitely something that's probably easier to do if you have a lot of more money. Mm. But I think if you have that mindset, it can help you in the long run as mm. well. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's interesting that they put wisely, invest wisely. And I right. think it's interesting that they put the word wisely. And it's true because, you know, although a lot of people talk about investments, there's also bad investments too. So right. it's something that, you know, probably one needs to look into and really explore. I mean, we've seen, unfortunately, a, you know, quite, quite a, you know, in terms of like people investing into things like crypto and some of those have turned out to be scams, for example. Those, you know, that's that's unfortunate. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to investing, that's part of it. Sometimes you it's, win, sometimes you lose. That's that's also part of the game. You're right, but I think also, I think we've spoken about this off podcast. If you mm. want us to speak about this on the podcast more, let us know. We're happy to do so. Uh, we've spoken about sort of um, investment strategies. There's some good information online in terms of investing and how to invest. I think crypto was classed by a lot of financial experts as being quite risky so i think a lot of people said they made a, a lot of money in crypto yeah definitely had a lot of testimonies it, about that yeah. initially yeah but also i've heard a lot of people unfortunately that lost a lot of money and i think because it was so new and it was sort of classed more as sort of risky or experimental it would have been wise to not put that much money into it mm. but i think unfortunately a lot of people like you said you know wise investments is the key a lot of people thought ah this is gonna make me a millionaire and they put their whole life savings into yeah, crypto yeah. unfortunately yeah. and unfortunately they lost a lot of money like you said with all investments it's never a guarantee you know they, they do say only invest what you're willing to lose mm. that's a good ethos to have but yeah wise investment which you know there's no guarantees but if you can do your due diligence do some research you know, if you're not too familiar with how to invest, invest in, you know, before you jump into it, I would say try to learn more about it mm. so that you can try to make an informed decision and, and make a, as wise a decision as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And also perhaps not putting your eggs in one basket as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What did you say? Well. Diversification is key, mm. which is that idea of spreading, like you said, not putting all your eggs in one basket, spreading them out amongst all of the baskets. So if... If you have five baskets and two don't do so well, well, hopefully two do extremely well. Yeah. One does okay and you're still fine. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the whole idea of diversification. Absolutely. That's a good one. And then number two. So going on to the last two. So number two, frugality matters. Common traits among millionaires is frugality. They tend to be careful with their spending, seek value in their purchases and avoid unnecessary debt. So frugality, so frugality is... So it's not it's not cheap, which is not spending at all. Or, well, some might say not spending. Is it, is it trying to get value for money? Value for money, that was it, yeah. It's more like value for money, isn't it? So perhaps it's that concept of there's first class seats, business class seats, normal se seats. Maybe that person might go just go for the normal ones. Is that, that be described as frugal? Or? I would say that's frugal, yeah. That's frugal, okay, yeah. So Yeah, and also trying to get your savings as well. So, for example, if you want to buy something and there is a discount code, using it or trying to see, can I get can I get it for cheaper? Okay. Things of that nature. So can you negotiate? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you see it all the time with business deals. You know, a company buys another company for X amount of hundreds of millions. Mm. They're not just going to say, oh, okay, yeah, sure, here you go. They'll negotiate, mm. you know, down to try to get the best price. Mm. Or you see people, uh, when it comes to things like procurement, so that whole idea of purchasing things for the for the purpose of a business a lot of large companies such as um, retailers they tend to have procurement departments i think a lot of companies have procurement anyway for just materials in general and you know rather than just saying oh we're a big company 
whatever you're whatever you're selling it for or just buy it they'll negotiate hard in order to get the best price possible mm. so it's the same thing uh having that frugal mindset as an individual is saying can i get this do i need to get this mm. can i get a simpler or cheaper option mm. can that, i that get some savings here place. that assessment yeah mm. which is quite interesting because when you think millionaire you think you know big baller mm. but actually what this list is saying is having that mindset of frugality and saying, actually, assessment, can I? It's actually probably better there must for you. be different types of billionaires because we, we've all seen them. There are different types, that, yeah. That they're going business class. They don't care. I f- it's probably, to be honest, this frugal one is probably a contentious one because I feel like I think with the frugality, I think there's, there may be some things where we that's really that we feel is really really valuable. Right. So, for example, that flight one that might be on my list of okay, you know what. I only want to go business class because right. I like that's, the comfortability. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. I like the quiet. Yeah. I want to be able to work on the, use my laptop on the plane. Yeah. I actually, that's a value to me. Yeah. So I'm going to pay for business right. class. No, that's a very but, good point. But maybe there might be something else that might be, you know, maybe it might be like a, a car. So maybe I might forego the yeah. Lamborghini Urus, for example, and I might go for maybe a Mercedes instead. Yeah. And actually, so, um, Shannon Sharp, who is, um, former NFL athlete and he has a couple of very popular podcasts he actually said that he does that himself so for yeah. him his his splurge is dogs okay so I think one of his dogs cost ten thousand dollars ten thousand yeah and it got imported from another country yeah what? I know and he has multiple dogs I think he has about four four and uh yeah so it's you can imagine how much he spends in terms of food vets you know phenomenal. toys etc yeah, yeah he's like he will spend on his pets but he said he drives i mean i'm sure it's not a it's not a terrible car but he drives a very he said he's not really into cars he could buy the big car the big i think in america cadillacs are very popular yeah. i could buy the big cadillac i could buy the lamborghini well, like the Urus, yeah, yeah but lamborghini he said Urus. that he, he i don't know what car he drives but he said that he doesn't drive a car like that okay i'm sure it's a good car i'm sure it's yeah. a you know good car yeah. but the porsche or something but, well, I don't know. No, I'm sure I, mean, I mean, that could be one of the examples of... Oh, okay. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's a very good car, but he's saying that he doesn't splurge. Because you know, there's cars that cost 200,000. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. splurge on, on that. But okay. when it comes to his dogs, he will splurge. So I think, you know, on many things, he's most likely frugal. And he's actually talked a lot of times about how he has a lot of discipline when it comes to finances. Okay. He, he has a financial manager and he they discuss how much can I spend in terms of... How much would I can I spend this year and I'll be okay? Mm. So then he he tries to live within that set framework, okay. and then whatever he makes outside of that, he saves or invests. So That's really good, yeah, so he That's has really that. Good. He has a lot of the tips that we've mentioned actually. Like but like but like you said, he's not frugal across the board. Yeah. Certain things he will splurge on, like you said. For some others, people it could be a flight, it could be their clothes. They could love handbags. Mm. So they're not they're gonna be frugal, but they're gonna spend on their bag or whatever. I like, I like how the athletes, a lot of, it seems like quite a few of the athletes these days are like up in their game in terms of the business business side of things. Well, I think they need to considering, yeah. like you yeah, said, 78%, 78% end yeah. up broke. So I think it's, yeah. I think it's out of necessity. I think it's out of necessity. Which right. is crazy as well because you think the amount of money they're making, they probably don't need to, but actually they do. Because um, I heard like LeBron James, for example, he's done some investments. So I heard one of his investments, for example, was investing into into Liverpool Football Club so he's got oh, like, wow. yeah he's okay. got, and he bought it like maybe 10 years 15 years ago wow so it's really gone up oh, in interesting. value since they've been doing much better on the pitch as well so, oh lovely yeah he's, he's, he's made a lot of money from there um, 
and uh, who's the other person? Shaq, Shaq as well. Oh Shaq yes, I've heard he's made a lot of very. Apparently, apparently he was an early investor in is it Apple as well? Google, yeah. Was it Google? Google yeah. Yeah. Someone just said, "Oh, phenomenal. buy some," and he just okay, I'll buy some. Yeah, which is phenomenal. Yeah. So he's made a lot of money there, and he's also got like franchises as well. Right. Um, quite quite a number of franchises, so food franchises and stuff. So yeah, he's done superbly well in business as well, and of course he's getting those checks from doing you know the presenter shows and stuff so yeah yeah he's done superbly well uh and then the last on the list last but not least or or the number one is wealth whispers so let me try and get the understanding of that many millionaires live modestly and don't display their wealth through extravagant lifestyles or consumption they may drive ordinary cars and live in working class neighborhoods interesting wealth whispers so i think they're trying to say that they they kind of try to be understated right i see yeah well i think that could have advantages mm. from the perspective of us uh you know we spoke about winning the lottery a lot of the times i think when people win the lottery and they announce it mm. they get a lot of hands coming out of the woodwork people mm. with their hands out <laughs> wanting mm. wanting a piece that could be a part of it and you know people asking you for money mm. i heard a lot of celebrities talk about that as well it's a lot of family a, members and stuff but i find this one a bit odd though, no I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to understand i'm trying if, to rationalize if it. anything they're definitely in a big house i don't know about that one I, i'm a bit i think i'm i'm a bit well that i guess a bit i guess biggest subjective biggest subjective yes. especially in the uk so yes. you could be living you know in a house in uh a, you know part of london people could drive by and think it looks modest, but actually it could be worth a, a heck of a lot of money. True. Yeah. True. You know, it could be worth well over a million, true. you know, so that's a good point. Yeah. So, cause there are some houses, there are houses and there are houses, there are houses that are like, like 1 million pounds, for example, they're quite big. Yeah. And there are other houses that are like 30, 50, yeah. you know, 50 million. And that's, you know, yeah, they're like estates. So. Yeah, estates kind of thing. Yeah. Like if you go to like Belgravia and places like that. Really yeah. Expensive okay. houses. Yeah. This, this one is an interesting one. I think, I guess it's a combination of, you know, being frugal, yes. living beneath your means. Yes. Um, I think you're right, yeah. You know, yeah, having good discipline, things of that nature. So, and also making, personal, making personal preferences. Personal preference, making yeah. wise investment. Mm. So, yeah, I guess yeah, it's an interesting one, mm. that one. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, of a, of a, of a it's a bit of an unexpected one, I must say, but mm. I think that it's not a bad one, especially if you are living comfortably. Mm. So, you know, not, you're not living um in poverty mm. but you're not you're not overdoing it because if you're living in that house a, a huge massive mansion you have to think the bills are going to be quite high most true. likely yeah, true. so you know you can end up spending so much money on your home and true. i think a lot of millionaires they say a lot of millionaires of course this is a stereotype tend to travel obviously this is not all of them okay depends on what you do but yeah. you know yeah does it make does it make sense to Live in a, I mean, I guess it depends on personal preference, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And it could be that maybe, you know, again, that's personal preference, but it could be that other things. It might be like jewelry that might not be their thing. Right. Or it might be like, you know, you know, a, you know, really expensive, I don't know, um, bags, handbags or whatever might not be their thing or it, it could clothes. be. But, but also, I think, it's it think lots of things. This is just, I guess this is also a way to try to keep that money as well. Mm. Because I think once you start splashing, mm 
in, in such a manner you have to keep earnings really high or earning more and more each year in order to keep up so maybe this is just because i guess this, this is like a list of habits isn't it mm. healthy habits so mm. i guess in general if you have that mentality general, yeah. yeah if you have that mentality in general it will help you hopefully keep that money in the long run mm. um and not feel like you need to buy the biggest the most expensive house. you could just buy you know a house that you're comfortable with you're happy with you and your family feel comfortable mm. and then i guess maybe the more money you earn so maybe you when you earn multiple millions mm. you can move into a, a larger house a larger space mm. but it's still like modest within your means if that makes sense mm. so maybe from that perspective so, yeah so everyone else it might be big but for you right. it's actually modest if but you wanted to go for big right would be something yeah like a palace yeah because a palace there's homes that, i mean you hear it all the time yeah. um these celebrities buying a house for 70 million 200 million which right. is exorbitant right. they could most probably i mean i'm sure those people could find a house for 10 million right which for them might meet the definition of normal, yeah. the normal yeah. average home. Yeah. It's all yeah, <laughs> for relative, them, isn't it? Yeah. It's relative, but yeah. it, you know, for most people, that is still humongous. If you think, if you think about it from that perspective, you know, when because I think Beyonce and Jay Z, for example, they recently mm. bought a home in Malibu for two hundred million. Two hundred. Yeah, it's yeah. the most expensive home that's been bought in California. Wowza. But if they 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 could then have bought a property for ten million and probably right. just bought it for cash outright, but they chose not to. Of course, they're super celebrities, so yeah, they probably want the privacy in, in, yeah. and things of that nature. But do you see what I'm trying to say? That 10 million pound house probably still is super luxurious. Yeah. But uh, no, they wanted extra. And, the, you know, so... And then they got it. Yeah, they, they got they're, it. They're so. in a different league as well, isn't it? They're, in, they're in a way different league. Tour, did she make like probably... A billion, yeah. yeah so, so maybe for them, the that tour, is so cheap. Maybe for, maybe them, for them, that's cheap. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so maybe if you think about it from that perspective, from that scale, then it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think there's lots of great habits there. Is there any that you'll say is the one that you like the most or one that you think is... I think know, for me, I think the things that people can do now, frugal, trying to be frugal. Hmm. So maybe just taking a stock of what you're spending, what you're buying, what's coming in. You know, we did a previous podcast on, you know, the top side hustles. Hmm. Is there some side hustles that you can pick up? You know, taking... So I'm sort of naming all of them now, taking ownership and responsibility of your work, but then also I think financial literacy, mm. trying to learn as much as you can and, you know, taking every day as a day to learn more. I think those are the real, really the key things you can start doing now yeah. that can help you see growth in the long run. Yeah. How about yourself? I think I like the one about passing on the values to the next generation. I thought that was, that was really good. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's really, really important to, pass on those you know when you you know learn something you've learned some wise um you learn some wise things you've leveled up it's you know also important to make sure that you yeah pass that on to make sure the next generation also can level up as well right so that's a good one then i think the other one that really resonated i would say i like the one about the taking responsibility the entrepreneurial spirit one take responsibility so just that having that mindset that is you know, down to you to make it happen. You right. know, it's not just about standing around. It's like we said about like the plate, you know, the camp, the Camden market example, where you saw the two, you know, two shops side by side. One, you know, took responsibility, you know, leveled up the marketing and, you know, is now got queues going around the corner. And I don't know, the other, the other one might have done it too. I don't know, but, you know, let's, let's assume they didn't, that that could be making the difference. So they're there wondering why no one's there. It could be just something as small as that, you know, just, you know, doing some extra marketing or paid, or maybe they even got some, you know, maybe they even paid like a marketing company right. know, or something like that, paid some experts 
you know, pay some money for a bit of expert. So one set of people might feel, ah, I'm not paying for that. I can do it myself and come out with something that's, you know, not up to standard. Then, but the other company sees it as an investment and is now, you know, reaping the rewards. So these small little things, just, you know, taking the responsibility, see, have, you know, having that long, long game approach can really make all the difference. So yeah, I think it's a really good list. I think it's interesting. I like the frugality point as well. <laughs> I think that was interesting as well. But yeah, no, I really like, I really, um, really liked it. So yeah, good list. Okay. And get in touch with us to tell us what your favorite point was, or if there was a point on the list that was unexpected, let us know about that one as well. Yes. And you can follow us on our Instagram page at Business Key Pod and also on TikTok at Business Key Pod. Let us know your thoughts as, as they be sense. And uh, we uh, release the episode every Wednesday. So I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.